Sirius XM presents Stanford Pathfinders. Stanford has 225,000 alumni living all over the globe in 151 countries. And they're some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. A show about how the graduates of Stanford University are changing our lives and the world. We'll hear very interesting things from business leaders in the technology sector, but well beyond that. The worlds of politics, entertainment, business, and beyond. Inspiring stories from America's innovation heartland. It's a place where people look to the the future, not to the past, where they don't rest on their laurels. Think about the gold rush. Think about Stanford being formed in the late 1800s. And then Stanford was the beginning of Silicon Valley. And the ethos of Silicon Valley is deeply embedded in the Stanford spirit. It's a spirit of innovation, experimentation. It's a spirit of being willing to try new things and risk failure as long as you fail forward. Welcome to Stanford Pathfinders. This week, a woman whose passion for science and the outdoors was sparked at a young age. Girl Scouts helped me learn about the stars, learn about science, so much so that I became a rocket scientist. Selling cookies helped this engineer and businesswoman develop critical career skills. The Girl Scout cookie program teaches girls, yes, how to sell, but really we ask her to be goal setting, set a budget, customer service, and part of that customer service is the delivery. Today on Stanford Pathfinders, Girl Scouts of America CEO, Sylvia Acevedo. Here's your host, Howard Wolf. Stanford has been co-educational, welcoming both men and women to its student ranks from the very beginning. Stanford's focus on the education of women has consequently been a mainstay of the university for generations. This focus on women, however, has not been limited to the education of female students on the Stanford campus. Instead, it has manifested itself well beyond as Stanford female graduates, our alumni, go on to do wonderful things in the world. In many cases, these alumni go on to mentor other women. In a select number of cases, these alumni become the leaders of other women. Today's guest on Stanford Pathfinders is Sylvia Acevedo, a graduate of Stanford School of Engineering, where she received a master's degree of systems engineering. After a very successful career in the engineering and business worlds, Sylvia pivoted to the nonprofit sector, and she is now the chief executive officer of one of the most important nonprofit organizations in the country, the Girl Scouts of America. Sylvia, it's great to have you back on campus. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Howard. It's such a pleasure to be here. So tell me something. Is being a jet propulsion rocket scientist a prerequisite for running the Girl Scouts of America? I mean, how in the world did you, a proven engineer with a master's degree from Stanford in systems engineering, how did you get this role? You know, I'm really excited to answer that question. And it's actually a really an important part of my daily work at, at Girl Scouts. You see, at Girl Scouts, we get the coolest card ever as a CEO. You get to make a patch and decide what you want to put on that patch. And so what I did was Girl Scouts helped me learn about the stars, learn about science, so much so that I became a rocket scientist, yes, at Jet Proportion Labs. So I think about that a lot in my job, and it's very aspirational for girls because when I give them that patch, I tell them, you know, this is just seed. This is my dream that came true beyond my wildest dreams. And whenever you look at this patch, that I want you to think about that your dreams can come true. I'm pretty job. clear that it wasn't in the actual job description. It was that not was in the job. No, it was not in the job but description at all. My understanding is that you were a Girl Scout yourself mm -hmm. and that being a Girl Scout 
helped you through a very difficult point in your childhood. Oh, you're absolutely right. Could you tell us that story? All my grandparents are from Mexico. My dad was born in the U.S. My mom was born in Mexico. I was raised in a, at the time, very small town, Las Cruces, New Mexico. One day, the meningitis epidemic swept through our neighborhood. My younger sister became ill. She had a very high fever, and she became developmentally disabled. Oh, no. And for my mother, that was a transformational moment for her because she became the mama bear. And my mom noticed the only part of town where the meningitis epidemic had spread was in our neighborhood. So then my mother moved us in the middle of a school year. Now, if anyone who's listening has ever moved in the middle of a school year, you, you know that's not fun. I have fun. moved in the middle of a school year. It's not That is not fun. fun. And also, the principal of the new school knew of our old school, and he kind of sneered at us. And when I got into that class, the teacher stacked ranked us. So she put my desk at the very end of the classroom, and the boy in front of me turned to me and he said, now you're the dumbest one in the class, because the student that was doing the best was sat next to the teacher, and I was the furthest away. So I hated everything about it. I went to school as late as possible, you know, stayed home until the last moment, and then just ran to school. But one day, there was a girl that followed me home from school, and she was wearing a brown uniform, and I was wondering what she was doing, and I started walking faster, and she walked faster to be beside me. And when we got in front of my house, she said, I'm going to a brownie meeting around the corner, you want to come? And I said, no. And she said, why don't you go ask your mom? It's going to be a lot of fun. And I went in, asked my mom. She was actually excited that I was finally showing an interest in something. So I went, and from the moment I entered that meeting where everything was organized, it was like fun activities, I got so excited and enthusiastic about being part of Girl Scouts. So I got really into it, and lucky for me, one night we went camping. And when I was looking at the beautiful sky, there were stars everywhere. And my troop leader sat next to me, and she began pointing out all the constellations. And I had only known them as twinkly lights, right? I didn't realize there was Orion, the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper. And I was really fascinated by that. Well, she remembered that. And months later, when we were deciding on what badges to earn, and most of my friends were earning their cooking badge, She really pressed me to earn my science badge in addition to my cooking badge. And from that moment, I realized that not only could I do it, I liked it. And then I began taking math, science. I started taking all those electives. But but at its core, it Mm -hmm. sounds like this was all about empowerment. Yes, confidence confidence and empowerment that I could do it. And that mattered because later on, I had taken all these math classes. And it's interesting, Howard, I didn't make the connection of how Girl Scouts had been so impactful in my life. But somebody was doing a history project at Stanford, and they were in the archives department, and the archives. And they called me out of the blue one day, about, I don't know, 12 years ago. And they said, do you know you're one of the first Hispanic male or female to have gotten gotten their graduate engineering degree from Stanford? So she said, we want to interview you. And so they asked me these questions and they said, you know, how was it that you even knew about Stanford and, and mostly how were you prepared, right? How did you know to take math and science at a time when girls like you weren't even graduating from high school, much less going to college? And I realized and I made that connection thanks to that Stanford interview that 
you know, Girl Scouts had been that pivot point of what had made me feel comfortable and confident to be able to do science and math. So let's do a little primer on the Girl Scouts. Sure. Founded over 100 years ago. Over 100 years ago, yes, by Julia Gordon Lowe in Savannah, Georgia. And how many members today? We're about two and a half million members in the United States. And talk to me about what it means to be the power of every girl. And the girl is not only a word, but it seems to be an acronym as well, right? (laughs) We are so excited about our uh, GIRL, the go-getter, the innovator, the risk-taker, the leader. It's one of our sub-brands. And I think it's kind of like we caught lightning in a bottle because that brand incredibly resonates. Recently, we were the featured nonprofit at Dreamforce because we're one of uh, Dreamforce, or Salesforce's largest nonprofit customers. And we, you know, 99% of our membership is on their platform, and we were highlighted at that conference, and we had a GIRL display at the event booth, and so many people came up and they'd say, well, you know, I'm a go-getter, or I'm an innovator, or I'm a risk-taker, or a leader. So it really resonates with, with people, but it also especially resonates with girls that, you know, there's this part. You intrinsically can be that go-getter, that innovator, that risk-taker, that leader. But notwithstanding all this, membership's been dropping over the past several decades. You know, it has, and that's my laser focus. I tell people I have three M's, which is membership, m- money, and the movement. And What happened was, if you think about it, and we're working quite a bit on that, and why I find so much relevance here in Silicon Valley with what we're offering, almost every girl now at a certain age has a digital device in her hands, a mobile device in her hands. And we are rapidly working to make sure that we provide the kind of programming that she wants in terms of connecting, creating, collaborating. Now, there's a lot in Girl Scouts where you put that phone down, Absolutely. But you need to be able to be connecting and creating and calendaring with that device. And so we're working hard to put in that infrastructure because that's really how people live. So getting in sync with that is something that is a real top priority for us. In addition to that, when Title IX came in, which is fantastic, we didn't modify fast enough and provide other type of thinking in terms of after-school activities. We just thought, okay, now a lot of girls are doing sports and not figuring out how do we incorporate that, how do we adjust our programming, how do I, you know, how girls are thinking about themselves. We are doing that work now. In fact, I'm really proud of our uh, Girl Scout Research Institute, the only institute focused on girls' leadership. And since that time now, we've really got a real good focus on the outdoors experience, life skills, our, our entrepreneurship. You know, there's so many women who are successful businesswomen, and when you talk to them, where do they get their start? in the cookie business, but also on STEM, big focus on STEM too. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. So sure. um, when you look at women who are leaders in America today, whether it's in business, in the arts, in politics, do they over-index as f- former Girl Scouts? Is one a former Girl Scout or are you always a Girl Scout? Uh, you're, uh, you're a Girl Scout your whole life. You're, you're right. a Girl Scout. Yes, you're, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. age out of being a Girl Scout. <laughs> no. It, so do they over-index in being oh Girl my, Scouts? Oh, my gosh. You know, it is really fascinating. Almost every astronaut that's been in space, female astronaut, was a Girl Scout. We've even had our, you know, just famous Girl Scout cookies taken up to space. Um, yeah, so half of all the female elected officials in America, Girl Scouts. Almost 80% of the U.S. senators, Girl Scouts. I think all but one female governor was a Girl Scout. All three secretaries of states, 
Girl Scouts. So our you know our reach is immense. We're eight percent of the girl population, but at outsized impact. We could get in a debate about correlation versus cause, uh, right? We could, so we amazing could do young that. women probably want to do things like this, but I suspect it also helps them to become better even. Than you know, they would have you been. know, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of folks think that um, we probably over-index on. Um, you know, suburban versus urban. But, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that one-third of our membership is in Title I schools, so low socioeconomic. We work very hard to make sure that Girl Scouting is really um, available to girls everywhere and to all girls. We index incredibly high in Latinas and African-Americans, almost a quarter of a million uh, Latinas, almost as many African-American girls as well. And what I really like is, you know, just recently I was in the you know, the artichoke uh, fields um, south of Gilroy where we have a migrant Girl Scout troop. And one of the girls— So hold on. Let me just understand that. So this is here in California. Here in California. Gilroy is the garlic capital of, yes. of the country. And you have a migrant oh. Girl Scout troop. Yes. So these are the daughters of migrant workers picking garlic. Uh, in this case, it was artichokes. Artichokes, probably yes. Castroville or somewhere like yeah. that, Watsonville, yes. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, talking to those girls, the girl was talking about her Girl Scout experience, and she said, you know, Girl Scouts and what I'm learning in terms of leadership and STEM, it's my path out of poverty. And it's not just my path, it's my family's path. And I think about that for myself, Howard. I mean, I look at myself coming from Las Cruces, New Mexico, and having this amazing career, having had the opportunity to have been prepared to get to Stanford. And that was because of what I learned at Girl Scouts. So let's talk about STEM. So science, technology, engineering, math. This is STEM. There's a lot of talk about STEM. And it looks like STEM is a huge focus for you today at the Girl Scouts. It Why is that such a big deal? It absolutely is. Now, we've done STEM from the beginning. Julia Gordon-Lowe, she saw the shift from agrarian age to the industrial age, and she made sure that girls had the right kinds of skills, that they were getting their electrician badge, their carpentry badge. We're now in another shift as well, and technology is obviously at the lead of that, at the forefront of that. And we want to make sure girls have the skills to thrive in the 21st century. And key to that, it's technology, robotic skills. And what I like to say is, if you think about it, almost everything now in the world is going to have a sensor. There's going to be a digital aspect to that. And the great thing about Girl Scouts is we have a badge for that. We have a robotics program from girls five all the way to girls. You have a robotics my, badge. We have robotics badges, yes. Oh, so many badges. Girls from the very youngest age, you can join Girl Scouts at five all the way to 12th grade. Yes, we have many robotics badges. If you ever see an all-girl robotics team, which there are many, and the, the winning ones tend to be Girl Scouts. But that's just one aspect. We also have, if you want to design, if you want to program, if you want to be learning about and analyzing what's happening in nature, we have badges for that. So I'm really excited about what we're offering girls. So it's not just learning how to code. It's really learning and analyzing and thinking about how do you structure a problem? How do you structure how you go about, you know, analyzing and how do you set up the algorithm? And our newest area of interest that girls have told us they're very interested in is cybersecurity. Mm. It's huge. And I almost missed it, Howard. I almost missed it. When they came to me and said, girls in our research say they want cybersecurity, I thought, oh my gosh, I know a lot of folks in the cybersecurity world, and I'm thinking Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not thinking of, of a connection right away. But as we dug into it, 
What it is is that girls really have a digital life now. And Girl Scouts is a trusted brand, and they look to Girl Scouts to help them be safe. So it's everything from when they're younger, they want to make sure that their identities are not online Because they could be bullied. victims of They don't abuse. want that. Right. But then as they get older, they want to learn how to do the good, you know, good guy hacking. And even our oldest girls are really concerned our oldest girls are really concerned about our electoral systems, our financial systems, our data systems. Those are the kind of things that they're really interested in. So I find it fascinating that we're having this conversation about the Girl Scouts' focus on STEM as we sit here in the midst of Silicon Valley, which has a major issue mm-hmm. with diversity as it relates to gender. Mm-hmm. Perhaps if your work is successful, you can address that problem through the girls that become future engineers and business executives here in Silicon Valley. You are absolutely right. Whenever I go to Silicon Valley and I ask women to raise their hands if they're Girl Scouts, I mean, it indexes incredibly high. And I think that's because of the persistence, the resilience that you learn at Girl Scouting, because technology cannot necessarily be the most welcoming place for women. But what you learn at Girl Scouts is how to problem solve. You learn how to persist. You know, I think about my own experience when I first started working and my first job was um, at a place where they didn't even have a women's bathroom. And, you know, instead of getting upset or, you know, protesting it, I went into my Girl Scout mode. And I remember thinking, how do you problem solve this? And I remember thinking, oh, I went on a camping trip and I remember on that camping trip, we were going on an all-day hike, and my troop leader said, what do you need in an all-day hike? And we said, a good hat, water, food, good shoes, that kind of stuff. And she kept prompting us, well, what else do you need to plan for? And finally, she's like, well, where are you going to the bathroom? We're like, oh, you know, I didn't even think about it. But ever since then, that always stayed in my mind. So then here, years later, here I am, junior engineer, show up not necessarily welcomed with open arms, right? So much so there's not even a bathroom for me. So instead of getting mad, what did I do? I problem solved. I mapped out where I could go. I realized I needed to bring a bike in because sometimes if I had an emergency, I wasn't going to make it in time. (laughs) So I brought in a bike. um, And in six weeks' time, they finally brought in my own porta potty and they put hers on it. Um, So, you you know, I thought about that. I think about that now because that really taught me that problem solving, that resilience. And that's not just true for me. There's so there's millions of women like me who also that Girl Scout experience, the problem solving, the leadership, how do you work with others, project management. Perfect. That's part of what you're, you know, that's part of the entire uh, program of what you're learning. And so then you kind of develop those skills. And I think that's one of the reasons we over-index so high, you know, in the medical profession, in the legal profession. We just over-index. And also here in Silicon Valley. This is Stanford Pathfinders. More with Sylvia Acevedo, CEO of the Girl Scouts of America, coming up. This is Stanford Pathfinders on SiriusXM Insight 121. I'm Howard Wolf, and I'm speaking with the CEO of the Girl Scouts of America, Sylvia Azevedo. So you must be one of the most prominent Latina nonprofit executives in the country. And at the same time, there's a focus at the Girl Scouts today of expanding, increasing, intensifying your diversity. Mm -hmm. So of your two and a half million members, do they represent America? 
I think about that a lot. And we want to make sure that Girl Scouting represents the community that you're serving. So we are constantly working at the local level to make sure we're partnering with organizations that can help deepen our reach so that we really do look reflective of the community that we're serving. Um, that is, is key. So in some areas... You know, for example, in Maine, it means making sure that we're connected to a lot of the Somali population. That is the second largest language spoken in Maine. So making okay, sure say that, that one more Somali. Time. It's not Spanish. It's in, in, in Maine. There's a huge Somali. Yeah. So you, you have to be contextual to the market that you're serving. So, so you're doing it almost by zip code. You know, yeah. And we're working with our local councils to make sure that we're reaching those types of partners that help us develop the trust so that you can reach deeper into those communities. So, you know, that's not something that happens overnight. We've got a great start in, you know, certain communities, um, but we certainly want to continue to expand that. So we live at a time when everything in society seems to be related in some way, shape, or form to the Me Too movement. You can't pick up the paper today without seeing some discussion of Me Too. How do you see the Girl Scouts playing into that? What you, role does the Girl Scouts of America play in the Me Too movement? You know, with Girl Scouts, we really are, um, I like to say we're green, we're not red or blue. Uh, we're right in, uh, right, right in the middle. But what we really believe in is being girl-led. And we want to give girls the skills that they need to take positive action. So what we've done in the last year is create the girl agenda, which is getting the girl agenda. agenda. Right. So that's our agenda. It's all about girls and however she wants to express the values that she cares about in her community. So we make sure that she understands civics. And let me tell you, Howard, across America, it's really spotty. A lot of schools have taken civics out of the classroom. So you've got a couple of generations of people not knowing how to impact civics life. Yes, we have a badge for that. It starts as a daisy. It's sort of like we have an app for that. You yeah, have a we, badge for we that. Ha- it's exactly right. So from a daisy, we are helping her understand how she can have an impact. A daisy is? Oh, I'm sorry, five year, five to six-year-old girl. So it goes daisy, Z, brownies, Brown, girl scouts. Junior. Oh, junior. Cadet. Cadet. Senior. Senior. Ambassador. Ambassador. Okay. Yes. And so in each of those levels, there is a civics badge. So things like getting out the vote. Shaping public policy. So it's no surprise that some of our girls, even when they're still in high school, are getting the laws changed. Recently, one of our Girl Scouts in Kansas got the laws changed to provide more resources for developmentally disabled adults. In Washington, they in Oregon, they get the law changed so that if a, a child or a pet is trapped in a hot car, it allows you to so do something about that. Oh my gosh, that is at the core of what we do. And, what and our I, schools have sort of passed on. Right. And so that, I think, is the other reason why we over-index with, you know, half of the female uh, elected officials or Girl Scouts, is that from, you know, the very beginning, we're teaching them civics lessons, how to make a change. I mean, our own mission statement is creating girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. Courage, confidence, and character. Character who make the world a better place. So we act, we do ask them, you know, honesty matters, truthfulness matters, loyalty matters, making the world a better place. I love one of our mottos, which I live my life by, is always leave the campground better than you found it. Metaphorically. And, yeah. So wherever Not only you, the campground, but yes, beyond. But beyond. Yes. Exactly. And right now in our girl agenda, what I'm really excited about is in Georgia, there's an opportunity to name a bridge in Savannah after our founder, Julia Gordon Lowe. The thing is, it's currently named after a, a former governor 
who was a segregationist. And so there's a movement to change the name, which the city of Savannah decided to do. But now the state is the one that gets to name it. And there's a huge resistance to changing the name. Interesting. But we have girls that are going to Georgia and going to Atlanta, the capital, and talking to the representatives. And many times... They're engaging in the legislative process. They are. And even one girl I loved, when they asked her, have you been told no? She said, I've been told no many times, but she said, no is not a boundary. I love it. And I thought, yes, no that is a, a good Girl Scout. All right. So speaking of good Girl Scouts... Let's talk about the most important thing that I adore about the Girl Scouts, beyond, obviously, the citizenship and all the good work that you do. Let's talk about Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> okay? So, how long have Girl Scout cookies been around? So, Girl Scout cookies, we just celebrated last year our 100th year. And it's important to note this fact, because Julia Gordon-Lowe, when she started Girl Scouts, had a great idea and a great vision. But Howard... Something that hasn't really changed in 100 years is a lot of philanthropy money doesn't go to women and girls. And so she— She figured out a way to fund and sustain her nonprofit. Right. And so Girl Scouts is, you know, grateful for the fact that she hit on that because we took matters into our own hands. So instead of just going and trying to fundraise for fundraising's sake, we said, we're going to get our own money and make our own way. So So how many many boxes— of Girl Scout cookies, cookies get sold at any given cycle, every given year? So, you know, the Girl Scout cookie program teaches girls, yes, how to sell, but really we ask her to be goal setting, set a budget, customer service. And part of that customer service is the delivery. And at Girl Scouts, we deliver over 200 million boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Hold on a second. There are only, what, 100 million households in America? Yes. And you sell 200 million boxes of Girl Scout cookies a year. Yes, we do. And the money goes, stays local, it doesn't come national, and it really goes to fund the programs, which is exactly what Julia Gordon-Lowe started 100 years ago. And and a portion of that, girls get to decide. Remember, we're girl-led. So there, every year, and this year I think it's going to be at least $160 million that girls get to decide. And what I'm really, really impacted by are the kinds of projects that girls are taking all over, all over the world. They're very concerned about, you know, what's happening with um, girls' safety or women's safety in India or China or in Africa or here even in the U.S. But sometimes that cookie money is kind of like their way to see the world, to experience something that they've never seen before. Last summer, I had a lot of girls that have come from, for example, Los Angeles. It was about... 18 girls from a certain barrio in Los Angeles, they were the only girls, the only ones in their entire family that had been on a plane. Mm. They had left their neighborhood and they had come to New York and they were getting to see a show. They were getting to go to all these famous, iconic places. They're being able to experience the great cosmopolitan area that is New York. That was life-altering for them. All coming from cookies. All because of the cookies. So what's your favorite cookie? (laughs) Are you allowed to say that? Yes. Uh, I love the Thin Mints. That's my favorite cookie. And what's the number one selling cookie? The number one cookie nationally is Thin Mints. All right. So let me la- leave you with one final question. In one or two sentences, tell the listeners why their daughters should join the Girl Scouts. If you want your daughter's life to be enhanced, enriched, in an environment that encourages her safely to be her best, it's Girl Scouts. And additionally, if you want her to have 
kind of friendships that sustain her, that enrich her, have an adult, a caring adult who's there to mentor her at a really important time in her life, and finally to give her the kind of skills that make her one of the leaders in her home, in her community, um, and in our nation. Make sure you enroll your daughter in Girl Scouts. That makes sense to me. Sylvia, thank you so much thank for being Thank you very on the show. much, Howard. I really appreciate it. It was a delight. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on Stanford Pathfinders on Sirius XM Insight 121. If you missed any of this episode, listen anytime on demand with the Sirius XM app.